welcome to Gamers on the Go, a podcast dedicated solely to those games that you can take with you. I'm your host, Chase Kennecke, and today's show is on Infinity Blade, the whole series, and my guest is Corey Motley. Corey, say hello. Hi, guys. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing pretty well. Yeah? Your mohawk is looking great. I know. You got your teal pants. I know, my girl pants. <laughs> These uh, fit so well, though. You have no idea. I, I That is very true. I have they, no okay. idea how those feel. G- girls, you have stretchy pants, and men don't, and it's very nice. <laughs> <clears throat> girls have all the fun. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we were talking about Infinity Blade. It is our first, uh, I believe it's our first iOS game that I've talked about on Gamers on the Go. You could, you could fudge and say Luminous did have an iOS version that is not really that good. You mean Lumines? I, <laughs> I, I don't, but I, I, I suppose someone could could say no, no, no. I'm not even gonna, I'm not even gonna justify that. Um, we're talking about Infinity Blade One and its sequel, Infinity Blade Two. That is some clever naming conventions going on. Uh, and there was also a book that uh, that bridged the gap between these two games called Infinity Blade Awakening. And uh, I guess we'll. Talk about that too, <laughs> but first uh, let's kind of get into the to the legacy or not legacy the history more so of of Infinity Blade and by doing that we need to talk about Chair Entertainment. So Chair was formed in 2005 by Advent Rising creators Donald and Jeremy Mustard. Mustard, mm-hmm. the best, also, the best of the condiments. Jeremy is spelled with a G, which is really cool. <laughs> uh, also, the the CEO Ryan Holmes and and some other key members from the core design team behind Advent Rising, or or so Wikipedia tells me. Yeah, I didn't realize that they had made Advent Rising. Yeah, I I did not know that either. But thinking back on it, those art styles are actually really similar. So I can that's kind of the, the taller, leaner people. Um, it kind of looks like the, the new Tron cartoon too. Have you seen any of that? Oh, I've seen commercials and stuff and trailers, but I haven't watched it. it. It's kind of that very top heavy. People are like long. Yeah. They're like so long and lean and it's, it's pretty sleek. Uh, that's actually the reason I played Advent Rising. Did you actually play that game? I didn't. I remember walking past it a lot at Blockbuster and seeing that they had that, like, million-dollar giveaway you or whatever. You one million dollars! Which I don't I, think ever happened, no right? Okay. I never did. <laughs> no one got the million dollars. Don't tell anybody. But, yeah, In I fact, I don't it. think that game made a million dollars. No one bought it. I bought it much, much later, uh, way after the million-dollar thing was, was busted. Uh, and that game was also a little busted. Uh, it was it was definitely visually so really awesome, and it was they had all that thing with um, was it ah, God I'm gonna get my my authors mixed up. Was it Orson Scott Card or Orson Orson Miller? Scott Card or Orson was Scott for Card. Uh, Shadow Complex, right? But I, did they base Advent Rising on something? I think Ad, I think Advent Rising was supposed to be like a book deal that he was doing, ah, um, cool. and I think that's why Chair Entertainment has such. A good rapport with with him, or it might have been another author. I don't remember. Advent Rising was supposed to have like a really good story because it was also it was being written by a real author who I then think was going yeah quotes around it's real, real author. author. Um, Not really and I think it was authors. supposed to be turned into a book thing too because it was supposed to be a big trilogy and everything was going to be awesome yeah. and there was supposed to be a million mm, fucking yeah. dollars. What and, isn't supposed to be a big trilogy? <sighs> That's a good point. Because this was before like big trilogies were the obvious norms. Uh, anyway, uh, Advent Rising aside, um, 
Chair Entertainment formed, like I said, in 2005. They began in Provo, Utah, which, of course, is a hotbed for, for video game development. Is it now? No. <laughs> no, it is not. Uh, now they're in Salt Lake City, uh, also in Utah, uh, also as uh, not a hotbed for games as Provo is. But it is a hotbed for Parker Scott, who is, like, <laughs> my Twitter, like, little brother your, your bestie. Kind of. yeah. Yeah, he is my twitter bestie so <laughs> shout out to parker absolutely um so the first game chair entertainment made was undertow i don't know if you played this game it was an xbla side-scrolling action shooter mm-hmm. um if you played shadow complex which we're going to mention um this was before shadow complex uh it was it, it, it feels i i've actually never played it ah. i watched some trailer stuff it looks pretty cool it looks like Shadow Complex Underwater. Oh. And that seems interesting. Well, there is an underwater segment in Shadow Complex. It's one of my favorite segments of the game. Maybe kind of a shout out to the I should probably play that. Maybe uh, when I was was reading some more stuff into it, it did get one, it got like Xbox Game Magazine, whatever's XBLA Game of the Year. So so I guess it wasn't terrible. Hmm. Uh, Although then they went on to make Shadow Complex, which got... Over 45 awards and recommendations from mm. from all sorts of internet and magazine places saying that it was the best XBLA game. Um, anyway, so Undertow, apparently good. Uh, I would actually like to go back and try that. But in May, uh, May, May 2008, Chair was acquired by Epic Games, uh, those, those people that we all know from Unreal Tournament, uh, the Unreal Engine, and Gears of War. And uh, and they acquired Chair, and that's kind of how Shadow Complex came to be. And that was the one, um, like you said, that was uh, in conjunction with Orson Scott Card, and was was that Metroidvania style game. Uh, kind of had that. It was two D, but it had those elements of two point five D where you could yeah. do some things <clears throat> in the background. Yeah, and there were like crazy like uh, turret sections where you could like aim into the yeah. background and stuff, which was interesting. Nice. I, it's another game that I haven't played, and as somebody I who champion, I champion XBLA oh, stuff, man. and, and I'm so sad good. that that is something <clears throat> I haven't played yet. Um, it was one of the summer some of our arcade games. I, I'm guessing in 2009, since eh, 2009 or 2008, I don't remember, uh, and I don't have that written down. So nuts to me. It's anyway, an um, but yeah, it is a great game, and there should definitely be a sequel. Uh, and why they haven't made that is pretty much Infinity Blade's fault. And, it really is. And why it's so popular. So let's get into into our main topic here of Infinity Blade uh, as, as a series. The first Infinity Blade was released December 9th, 2010. Uh, it was the first iOS game to run on Unreal Engine 3. It was debuted at, um, at an Apple press event... Um, and I, I don't think it was called... It was called Project Sword at this time. They, they didn't have the Infinity Blade name. But they, they just showed off some trailer stuff. And, and because Infinity Blade is such a gorgeous-looking game, and they're pimping that, that this is the first one for Unreal Engine 3, mm-hmm. it was a pretty big deal. Yeah, and they released... Uh, right after the Apple event, they released that free, essentially like a walk-around demo for it, mm-hmm. where you could download it and just like walk around in the Infinity Blade environments, and it kind of, like, basically just shut off the visuals of the game and how pretty they were. Yeah. Um, so, for when it came out, uh, for its time, it was the fastest-selling iOS game. It sold 1.6 million... It, it 
it made $1.6 million in its first four days, which I, I guess just destroyed oh. and decimated anything that had come on iOS before. And, and kind of legitimized iOS as a platform where real games could be made. I, there, there have been games that people played and, and enjoyed on, on iOS devices before, but, but this was the first time that you had, well, this was, this is one of the first times you had major publications coming in and saying, well, we're going to review Infinity Blade because it's, it's a game. It's not like one of those time wasters that you'd play with, uh, with other mobile app stuff. And that kind of brought about, more of these these bigger bigger games for for iOS development. So I don't think a game like um, Angry so, Birds. Well, no. Ang- Angry Birds, I think could totally be made because that is still kind of a time waster at heart. Mm-hmm. But something like Sword and Sorcery maybe wouldn't have wouldn't have been made necessarily uh, in the same way. I think without something like Infinity Blade coming out and showing that there could actually be real experiences. Um, for for this kind of device, not those fake experiences. Yeah, not those fake experiences. Well, I I'm gonna have to do a podcast on Angry Birds <laughs> at some point. I don't want to do a podcast on Angry Birds, but it's just got to happen because it's another important game uh, when we're talking about handheld stuff. And I can't just talk about my favorite games all the time, uh, which we'll soon find out. <laughs> um, so let's see. I I. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna own up to it now. I have not played Infinity Blade. Uh, I've only played the sequel. But Corey here is I, is our uh, resident Infinity Blade <clears throat> expert. So Corey, would you like to to break down kind of what Infinity Blade's all about? Sure. Um, Infinity Blade is basically grinding like from start to finish. There's like no middle ground. Uh, you are some sort of warrior dude and. You have a sword and a shield, and those are your only weapons, and you buy, basically you just fight, like, enemies that come in all shapes and sizes. Um, You, like, swipe on the screen to slash, you can dodge to the sides or block uh, enemy attacks, you only fight one enemy at a time, Um, and you level up, you get money from fighting, and you buy new shields, new swords, new armor, new helmets, uh, new rings, which you can use to cast different types of magic, such as heal or, like, fire or whatnot um, in the midst of battle. And basically the entire game is just you fighting enemy after enemy. Like, you walk across a landscape, an enemy will show up, it gives you a breakdown of the enemy's stats, you fight the enemy... You either win or lose, and then the battle's over, and then you move on to the next one, and that's pretty much it. Like, it's very cyclical. There's only a certain amount of, uh, like, game area you can take, you can travel in, I guess. It's on rails, so, um, you know, you tap one space, and the character moves there, and then you fight an enemy, and then tap another space, and move forward, and fight an enemy. And then at the end of the trail, there is the God King, and he has the Infinity Blade, um, on his throne, and you fight him, and you either win or lose. He's very difficult toward the beginning of the game, um, but as you level up, he, I mean, you obviously get better, so it's easier to fight him. Um, and if you die, you basically just start over at the beginning, and it's supposed to be another bloodline, like your son sort of succeeds you and you play as him, but really it's pretty much just like playing the exact same character over and over again. You don't lose anything whenever you die. You still have the same amount of money. You still have all of your weapons and armor 
and you basically just go through, you know, from point A to Z again until you get to the God King and then try to beat him. Um, there's a little more to it than that, but that's kind of in a large nutshell what the game's about. Yeah, I think you did a great job. <clears throat> it, and that's kind of their story conceit is that you that your child continues on where you left off. and uh, But you have to, when you, when you die and go back to start again, you, you actually go back from the very beginning, right? Yeah, you start at the same spot every time. Um, and, like, if you say, like, A is the place where you start and Z is the God King, um, like, you basically travel down, like, every letter of the alphabet. And there are a few places where you can, um, like, you don't have to follow the exact same path every time to get to him. Like, you can go, like, to the basement of the castle, or you can go, like, upstairs in the castle. Like, there are a few branching paths, but they eventually all lead to the same place, um, which is the God King's throne. Um, and if you work it right, your path, you'll and you'll end up wanting to take the same one every time because there are treasure chests you can find on the way. So, like, if you, you know, take the same path every time, you'll get the most, like, tre- you'll hit the most treasure chests all the way through. So it kind of almost, like, renders the other paths, like, mm. useless um, because they don't have as much treasure. And that's pretty much all you're doing is building money so you can buy more things in the game because there are so many swords and shields and helmets and... Like, I've played the first Infinity Blade for hours and hours, and there's, like, not even that much to the game, and I probably haven't bought half the swords in the game or half the helmets, and um, and you uh, and you can also buy, like, with real money, you can buy gold in the game. Um, like, you know, like, you pay $5 for, like, 500,000 gold or whatever. I have done that a few times. I've paid 99 cents for X amount of gold, um... So that'll help you, you know, buy more things faster, but it doesn't necessarily give you more experience. So, I mean, it's kind of a double-edged sword. Sure. Well, that kind of actually ties into ties into the next point here, is that Infinity Blade has had four expansions. The first one, like you mentioned, added those microtransactions that were actually asked for by fans. It wasn't just kind of a, like, hey, like let's, a cash let's, yeah, let's cash grab and get some money <laughs> in this. Um, but I, I guess they, like, like I said before, 1.6 million in the first four days, they, they did okay money-wise. Oh, man. Um, so, so this microtransactions thing was actually something that fans wanted because, uh, we're going to get into this slightly later, but that Infinity Blade costs a lot of money to get, and, uh, and I'm guessing that people at some point said, hey, I'd rather just pay some money and get to this thing a little faster. Yeah, that's definitely understandable that the fans would have wanted microtransactions, because if you couldn't buy money with real money, like I said, I mean, I've played it for a long time, and there's still so much stuff that I don't own, so it takes a long time, and considering the game consists of more or less fighting, like, the same couple of enemies, like, repeatedly. There's not much to it at all, so it takes a lot of grinding. Sure. Um, they also, in the first expansion, they removed the level cap, and then they allowed MP3s to be played in the background, which is kind of just something that, that most uh, that most iOS games seem to either have or get patched in, because uh, that's a big deal for people who who are, not to steal from the name of the podcast, but are gaming on the go, <laughs> and and they kind of like having that music. Oh, B- BTW, I think it's hilarious that you have me on your gaming on the go podcast, because when I play Infinity Blade, I'm like in bed on my <laughs> iPad. Like, I do not play it on the go at all. Mm-hmm. I'm, it's like gaming in bed for me, more or less. Well, it, it's also <laughs> that you are notoriously, if anyone's listened to the other podcast that you've been on uh, with me for, for World 8, you're not a big fan of the handheld games in general. 
No, I'm not. I'm one of those people, like, in the handheld game, there's the people that are like, I want Angry Birds on the go. Like, I want to play small, bite-sized games that are in the supermarket line. And then there's the other the other group that's like, give me the console experience, like, on a handheld. And I fall into the wanting console experience on a handheld, which I think that market is dying, it seems like. I'm not sure if that's accurate, but I feel like that more people are wanting, like, shorter, cheaper games than... Uh, you know, than more expensive, like, console-sized games on their handhelds, even though I fall into that category, but... Sure, and I, and I think that, that iOS has had a lot to do with that, the the yeah. iPhone and, and having a game on a phone, uh, having a game system as a phone now has turned a lot of that, and the, the thought of, like, Angry Birds and that stuff. But uh, but for somebody who's, who owns and champions his 3DS all the time, <laughs> and uh, I actually think the Vita looks pretty cool if they can get some more good games on it uh that there definitely are those experiences and i think that's those longer experiences that that you and and definitely me and some other people out there are looking for uh and that's just something that i I would agree that it's it's not at the point it once was but i i don't know if i'd say it's dying uh it's consolidating let's say that let's say that that's that's a a much nicer way of saying that things are going downhill (laughs) (laughs) um so we were talking about expansions for infinity blade uh the second one they they actually named this one it was called the deathless kings and it added a new story branch and another ending this is how you found out that the god king uh could be defeated for good uh because the you found out the god king is is what's called a deathless uh, which is exactly like it's like it says. Uh, it can't die, um, and and these are. But the Infinity Blade, if you had that and killed him with that, then he would be dead for good. So that's that's kind of the another story conceit they made for Infinity Blade. That even if you did beat the God King before, it just kind of restarts the game because what else? What else can you do? Yeah, at that point? then you wouldn't be able to play anymore. Yeah. Uh, so now you can, uh, but then there's a, at least a definite ending that's supposed to happen where you can kill the God King with the Infinity Blade. Um, and you find this out by, by going through this other story branch path, and you can actually go through this kind of boss challenge. Uh, and then at the end of that, you fight one of your ancestors who, who apparently decided uh, to serve the God King instead of fighting him once he got to him. Um, oh, yeah, because it asks you, um, whenever you get to the God King, he, like, at one point in a fight, he, like, slashes your sword out of your hand, and he's like, you can either give up and serve me, or you can fight me, and you have the choice, like, you can pick up your sword oh, yeah. or not, and, uh, and I don't even, oh, dang, I don't remember what happens if you, I think if you serve him, it just, like, ends and starts over again. So I don't, I guess maybe one of those times, if you served him, then uh, then you fight yourself later, or like your dad or whatever. More or less, yeah. And, and I'm guessing even if you never chose that, that it would say that a time before yeah, you started you playing yeah. Infinity Blade, it happened. Yeah, like I that. just forgot about that. Anyway, so if you fight and beat that guy, then he's the one who tells you, you know, if you use the Infinity Blade on the God King himself, you can kill him for good. Um, and so that's kind of how that game more or less ends. Uh, they also added two more expansions. The next, the third one was called Arena. It added PvP battles. Uh, you could, uh, you'd have one person as the hero character, and then one other person would be play as various enemies from the game. 
Uh, and then there was also a single-player variant of that kind of PvP mode that was a survival mode. Uh, have you played any of any of that, Corey? I have not, because that sounds like online playing to me, and <laughs> I run from online gaming like as fast as I can, so I don't. I have not tried any of that. Uh, I can understand that completely. <laughs> um, and then the fourth and final expansion uh, didn't really have a name to it. Uh, they added just more new enemies and equipment, and and kind of all of these expansions ended up adding equipment and and. Uh, items and and more enemies and that kind of stuff. But this one, this fourth expansion specifically, gave you some sneak peeks into what Infinity Blade 2 and the novel Infinity Blade Awakening were about. Um, So just taking a a bit of a step back before we get into into the other Infinity Blade properties, uh, this game actually started out as a Kinect game. Did you know that? I didn't. Crazy, right? I'm glad that they didn't follow through as a Kinect I am too. That's a... (laughs) Much better idea, uh, as as people may have seen with a lot of Kinect games. There aren't a whole lot of great ones, uh, and the ones that are great are the ones that kind of can work with not working right, like uh, Dance Central and uh, Double Fine Happy Action Theater are the ones that kind of embrace when it breaks. Um, whereas, Does Dance Central embrace when it breaks? Uh, it's the way they they've the way they developed it at Harmonix. It kind of allows for a little bit more. Uh, it's a little more lenient in the in the ways it it takes the information from you. Okay. So it, yeah, the, those are the reason those kind of work and games like Fable: The Journey and uh, Steel Battalion. Eh, it's not really fair to fair to put Fable: The Journey in Steel Battalion uh, together since Steel Battalion is just broken as hell and Fable is actually somewhat functional. But they're they're still kind of trying to find their footing because they can't quite get the precision out of it. Uh, And a game like uh, Infinity Blade requires some precision. So probably a good idea for them to move to iOS, especially because I don't think they would have made $1.6 million in the first four days uh, if they were on Kinect. No, and it probably would have been more expensive had it been on Kinect. More expensive, much fewer people would have bought it. I I think they made the right decision. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm thinking about like how, how you play with the connect. Trying, like trying to do the parries and how would you yeah. do the how would you do blocking and dodging and yeah, I, I can see how, I can guess I can see how you might do that but ooh, that could be a wonky mess. It could be. Um, anyway, this game was only made by twelve people. Twelve people uh, took oh, five man. months to to make all this, and I'm guessing a lot of it was making the uh, making the assets for it because it is. A gorgeous game. Yeah, it's really pretty. I I don't think anything looks prettier. Anything looks more technically impressive on iOS than Infinity Blade, except for its sequel, Infinity Blade Two, which which just ups it slightly more on everything. Like I, like I mentioned before, it was originally codenamed Project Sword uh, when it was first um, shown off at uh, at the Apple event. Uh, one of the things that I guess isn't mentioned as much, or is something I didn't hear people mention as much. Uh, when they talked about Infinity Blade, is the music. Everyone everyone I hear when I talk about Infinity Blade goes, oh, man, that's so pretty. Look at it. It's gorgeous. Or, <laughs> or like, I've heard a couple people say it plays really well. It does play um, well. Okay. <laughs> For what it is, it's I, smooth. I, 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 I suppose, if you say so. <laughs> um, but the, the music kind of gets a bad rap. Uh, not a bad rap, but it gets... Uh, it's underappreciated. Underappreciated when, when there are these other really amazing things that... that the game offers. 
music was composed by Josh Acker, who actually had done music for uh, previous chair games. I believe Shadow Complex is also is under that that um, category of previous chair games, and it features this. This is just cool for me because I like weird instruments. Uh, it features prominent use of a. I'm going to screw it up, but I'm going to try. It's a uh, nickel harpa, nickel harpa. It's it's a Swedish bowed <laughs> stringed instrument. Uh, it, and it just, it's got like a lot of, a lot did of strings. I totally okay. did. We'll, we'll definitely put up a, a picture and a link to it on the, on the Tumblr post. Uh, this is one crazy looking instrument and it's just got a lot of strings and a lot of, uh, tabs on it. And I, I want to hear the kind of music this stuff makes. Uh, and I can't pull out exactly what, what the Nika Harpa is in, uh, in Infinity Blade, just listening to the soundtrack. I wonder if, you know, the noise that, uh, there's like a noise, oh, I don't know when it happens in Infinity Blade, but it's like, bum, 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 like whenever you like level up or something. Okay. Because that is from Shadow Complex, like they use the same like little like leveling sound. I can't remember what it comes up in, in, uh, in Infinity Blade, but I wonder if that is the instrument. Maybe, I mean, I'm maybe. sure it's used more than I, that. Well, but. yeah, probably. <clears throat> But that'd be interesting. I, I don't know. We'll we'll play a little bit of music uh, here, so you guys can get a get a little hint of what a what a nickel harpa might sound like, or at least what it sounds like in conjunction with uh, many of the other instruments that that Josh Acker used. So we'll put that here. great Corey and I heard heard none of that so uh it might have been great might have been crap I don't know I, I, I will I would have put a good song in in that pot in that you spot should. though so uh anyway that's that's pretty much all we have to talk about Infinity Blade uh at least the first game uh it did get an arcade release later in 2011 called Infinity Blade FX and uh, I'll, I'll I have a YouTube video of it um that I looked at and I'll post that on the Tumblr as well but it looks pretty. It looks pretty slick. It's like having a giant fifty-inch television in front of you, but it's all a touchscreen. Really? And uh, it's got the big booming speakers on the sides of it, and it just works on a little computer that's right underneath. Um, the the video I have is at some uh, gaming convention. I can't tell exactly which one. Um, so the sound isn't super great because it has all the other people on the convention floor. But it looks. Gorgeous. Do they I have them at like Dave and Buster's? I don't know. The last time I was at a Dave and Buster's, I did not see one. Uh, if I had, I probably would have gone up and gone, okay, I, I'll give this a shot. I can't see it working real great because 
seems like with the with the touchscreen stuff, you'd it'd be better for smaller slashes than than trying to do big giant motions. And I could see like lots of smudges and finger grease all over a giant touchscreen like that. But I think that would be. Yeah. I think it would be fun. One problem that I have with it because I play it on the iPad is like the. The dodge buttons are so far apart, mm. so I have a problem kind of holding it sometimes. Like, I'll hold it with one hand and then try to do everything with the other hand. Um, so if I had it on, like, a big TV and I could just, like, slap both sides of the TV <laughs> to dodge, that sounds really great. Yeah. I, I have a similar problem uh, playing on my iPod Touch that I've got it. I've got it trying to hold it with one hand and seeing if I can do the other things with the other hand and... And I end up just saying, "Oh, screw it! I'll just parry all the time because mm-hmm. I don't, I don't even want to mess Do with that." Do you parry a lot? Well, we'll get into that kind of when we okay. talk about Infinity Blade Two because I'm using weapons that are not available in Infinity Blade One. Gotcha. Uh, which don't allow some other things. Anyway, let's uh, let's first talk about the the novel that connects the oh, two dear. Infinity Blade games, and mm-hmm. I think kind of. Both ruins and <laughs> makes awesome the experience of Infinity Blade for me, uh, the whole series. So, I have not read this book. Corey, you have not read this book. I didn't know it existed until, like, <laughs> yesterday, so... Um, I, I I should probably know who it's by, but it's not by anybody you've ever heard of. Um, <laughs> this is so stupid. Okay, <laughs> let me just do a small plot synopsis. Uh, and when I say small, I mean really small. Uh, basically, the God King that you kill at the true ending of Infinity Blade 1, uh, he gets resurrected, which shouldn't have been able to happen because you slayed him with the Infinity Blade, but wait, you find... If, if you got the Infinity Blade. True, true. I guess you needed to get that far. But if you did get to that ending, you killed him with the Infinity Blade, and it was supposed to be done. Well, the Infinity Blade wasn't fully activated... Which nobody told you before, but I guess is something that you probably should have known. I suppose. So the God King gets resurrected. Yeah, no big deal. Um, and I'm not going to go through the whole story. It involves you fighting. It involves the the main character, the one who killed the God King. Eventually, um, he goes through a bunch of other fights and goes to try to find another Deathless um, for some reason. To, do something else and when he gets to when he gets to the uh, near the end of the book the god king captures you and you have a companion assassin person named isa that's been along for the ride uh she kind of hangs back and, and doesn't get captured but the god king captures you takes his infinity blade back and is about to kill you with it uh effectively just ending your life forever uh and isa shoots you in the face with a crossbow which seems like a bitch move when you're uh, when you're first thinking about it. Uh, like, man, I was about to get killed anyway. Thanks a lot for killing me before, I guess. Uh, but then you wake up, which is weird because you're supposed to be a mortal who dies and doesn't come back to life. Turns out you're a deathless too. Crazy, I mean, right? I mean, which makes sense, kind of. Uh, Corey, did any of your Infinity Blade guys have names? Like the people I was playing as? Yeah. No. No, right? No. No, they weren't supposed to have names. But they do now. Do they? Uh, Well, at least the last one who killed the God King, his name was apparently Cirrus. 
Yes. Yeah, right? Because that's how they get through the whole book, is they can't just say that one guy you played as in Infinity Blade 1. They give him a name. His name is Cirrus. Um, So, Cirrus dies. He's killed by his companion, Issa. Uh, He's resurrected, though, and wakes up and finds out that he, like the God King, is also a deathless. Crazy. And he was originally named... Osar or Ozar? A-U-S-A-R. Whatever. Um, so everything you thought you knew about Infinity Blade 1, totally out the window. <laughs> you find out that it wasn't actually your children in Infinity Blade 1 coming back and fighting the God King time and time again. That whole ancestry thing? Bullshit. It was just you being resurrected each time and coming back to fight the God King. It's just you. Which is how the second one works, right? Exactly. Okay. Uh-huh. Because uh-huh. in the second one, he wakes up, like, every time... Right, because, every time he dies. because Issa kills you that one time, then you come back, and, and so that every time you die. In this one, you come back. Um, so you're still Cirrus, and I guess Cirrus is the only character you've actually been playing as, no matter the story conceit they gave in the first game. Uh, by the way, that ancestor of yours from the first game isn't really an ancestor. Apparently, one of your reincarnations had... Had some sex, and oh, that's the son of some one of. Sexy times. I, I guess so. I don't know where <laughs> he, when he was able to make that happen, but I guess so. Yeah, I don't remember. <laughs> I remember sexy times. So that's time. one of the sons from one of your very previous uh, reincarnations. Hmm. Whatever. <laughs> um, and so that's the idea for Infinity Blade Two: is that you're still Cirrus, who used to be named Osir, although you don't remember anything about being Osir. Um, for some reason, which they don't go into. Anyway, it's now time for Infinity Blade 2. Yes. Which kind of takes the whole ending of of Infinity Blade Awakening and and plays that for you. You you play through a small sequence with Issa uh, by your side, and then you get to the God King, and he does the whole capturing thing, and she kills you, and he takes the thing. Like, Like I said before. Anyway, then you get to Infinity Blade 2, and you're fighting through a castle. Which is kind of what you did through Infinity yeah, Blade it's 1. Much it's a one. different castle, though. Don't worry yes. about it. Totally different. <laughs> um, and now you're just fighting the Cirrus, getting through. Uh, I guess since we're going through all this story stuff, I'll just quickly get through this stuff about Infinity Blade 2 as well. Um, so, turns out the whole story is based around freeing the creator of the Infinity Blade. Once you, once you uh, are are killed and, and resurrected. And now the God King again is the final boss with the infinity blade that you have to go get. Um, the, the idea is in infinity blade two, you are trying to find that creator because he knows something about the infinity blade and he can help you fully activate it. Uh, once you, when you get it back from the God King. So then you can actually kill the God King for good. Or so you would hope. Um, Until Infinity Blade 3. <laughs> of course. And the novel that's going to bridge 2 and 3. <laughs> oh, oh, God, I hope not. Um, so, I, I don't remember his name. I kind of got really bored at this point of this stupid-ass story. But when you find the creator, who's also another Deathless, by the way, um, you actually have to fight a Deathless to get to him. And before you can kill this Deathless, or at least kill him once before he resurrects because he's a deathless and you still don't have the infinity blade at this point um the the infinity blade creator guy taps that dude on the shoulder and he just goes to dust and he's really dead because for some reason for some stupid story conceit the creator of the infinity blade has the power to just kill people 
kill Deathless with no resurrections whatsoever. But after he kills that guy, he says, oh, by the way, I can't actually leave from this spot or help you at all until I get somebody to replace me here. Uh, it's kind of, if you if you know your Greek mythology, it's kind of like the story of Atlas, where, hey, I'm holding the whole world here, and I can't really do much about it. So instead of just letting you defeat the one Deathless and taking having him take the spot, he kills that guy and says, go find me another one. Okay. He wasn't good enough. <laughs> I, I guess not. So then you have to go find another one, and you knock him out, and you drag him all the way back. And And as you're doing that, I don't know why he makes you do all that stupid shit, but then he just knocks you out and makes you take his place. So he pulls a real Atlas, uh, and you're the Hercules, and you're left holding the world in this prison, and as he starts to walk away and goes, hey, now I'm free, uh, he turns to you and goes, hey, by the way, when you were Osser, when you were like your total deathless before, you're the one who imprisoned me here. Isn't that crazy? Funny how things work out. <laughs> Fuck you, I'm going by. And that's how Infinity Blade 2 ends. Spoiler. Uh, but wait, Issa, during, uh, either after the credits or right before the credits, I haven't beaten the game, I don't know. Yeah. Um, she's seen creeping up on the, the same castle, so maybe uh, that's what Infinity Blade 3 is about, is that she comes and saves you, or maybe there's just another book about how she saves you, and then you play the same guy again. Infinity Blade 3. I would not be surprised either way. Anyway, story's bullshit. <laughs> um, but that doesn't change the, the base mechanics of Infinity Blade, which are actually pretty decent. Um, so now let's let's really talk about Infinity Blade 2 and the game here. Uh, it was released uh, not too long after. Uh, we said the, the first game came out December 9th, 2010. This one came out December 1st, 2011. So almost... A full year um, since the since the first game. Uh, it, like I said, it takes a story from the end of Infinity Blade Awakening and and kind of expands it from there. Um, Corey, uh, you've you uh, wrote me a little list of of what's notably new from Infinity Blade Two to Infinity Blade One. Would you like to help me out with that? Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, in the first one, like I said earlier, whenever you're in fights, you have like a shield in your left hand and a sword in your right hand, and that's the only uh, weapon you have, and you can dodge from side to side, or if you tap a button in the middle, you can block using a shield, and you only have a certain amount of blocks per fight. And two, um, they added new weapon types for Infinity Blade, so you can you can stick with just the sword and shield if you want to for the whole game. There's also um, a two-handed sword, or like a heavy sword, or like axes and stuff that you can use. Um, and the pro for that weapon is... Um, you you have more attack power with them because they're bigger weapons, but you cannot dodge. You can only block with them and parry, of course. But um, so you can't you can't dodge anything. And I am a big dodger; like I dodge all the time. So uh, so that that two handed weapon uh, is a little hard for me because I'm really bad at blocking um sometimes. And there's also a dual sword that you can use um. Where it's like, you know, a sword in each hand. And those allow for faster combos because the character, depending on what kind of combo you do, he'll, like, spin around in circles really quickly if you keep swiping and he can, like, attack way faster. Mm -hmm. But he doesn't have anything to block with because the swords are too small to block. So he can only dodge from side to side. And he can duck also. 
um, in case, like, the enemy swipes over him, and ducking is, uh, like, a dodge action specific to that weapon. So, uh, those are right. the new enemy type or not enemy types, the new weapon types for the game that uh, keep it from being stale, I guess. I, I suppose so. When you when you asked me before, and I said we'd talk about it later, later's now, um, I've been using the dual weapons, uh, the dual wielding uh, weapons most of the time, and I've upgraded those to not the not the best ones, but some pretty decent ones, and uh, they they look like big meat cleavers, oh, which is cool. pretty awesome. Um, awesome. And and I do like the I, I didn't really like blocking because I thought it's just extra. I, I don't know. It, it was a number that kept going down, and I didn't like that. Yeah. Um, so just uh, and also I just felt like I want to be pretty offensive minded the whole time, so I just parry parry all the time. Oh, man. I don't really even dodge that much, unless I guess there's... I guess you have to dodge for, like, if somebody tries to kick you or something, you can't really parry a kick. Yeah, that's true. Um, so you have to dodge those, but other than that, I am parrying all the time. Man, you must be really good. I am <laughs> bad I, I am not. I'm not good. It's just <laughs> what I try to do. I'm, I'm really, like, the meat of fighting is basically, like, a predicting what kind of slash, like, uh, like diagonal, like horizontally or vertically your enemy is going to, to hit you with. And you have to like dodge or parry or block in coordination to that slash. And I am sometimes, and by sometimes, I mean, most of the time really bad at privilege. Like (laughs) they can swing the sword one way and I'll be like, all right, they're going to swing it. Like, from the top right to the bottom left, and sure enough, like, I dodge one way, and I dodge right into the attack, and <laughs> I'm really bad at pairing because of that. Like, I have a hard time, like, swiping in the in the angle that they attack, and it's never it's never good for me. There, there's one enemy that gave me a lot of trouble, and he was holding, like, a, like a kind of, uh, I'm going to use Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle to- uh, terminology, because that's going to help. He had a Donatello, like, uh, like Bo Staff kind of thing. And, uh, it seemed like, because he had this thing that could attack from so many different ways, that he'd be going one way, and I'd try to parry, and it goes, no, you were completely wrong, and then he'd <laughs> knock you on your ass, and that was great. Um, but I still, I still like those. I don't know if the other things can, can do, if, maybe it's just a special thing for the dual-wielding weapons, but I would get opportunities to stab yeah, where you, like, hit it multiple times. Yeah, in, like, different positions. Is that something that the other things can do, or is that only Google? Um I think the other weapons can do those. I don't parry enough to be able to say that with any confidence, but uh, the first one did not have the multi-tap thing. Um, it was just, like, a at certain points, the enemy would attack a certain way and, like, open up, and you could tap once, and they would stab, or he would stab, I guess, uh, so the second one didn't have where you had, it was only, it's almost like a QTE where you have to yeah. like hit the different points on the screen and then he'll stab multiple times. But uh, yeah, I've done it before, but I don't know about the other weapon types on it. Okay, and I, I just have I haven't used a two handed weapon yet, uh, and then sword and shield I did for a little bit until I could get the the dual wield. Um, but you're used to kind of sword and shield though, right? Because that's kind of that's what you did throughout Infinity Blade. Yeah, the one, first so. one. But I've been using double the double swords a lot in two. I try to go back and forth um, among the sword types in two just to kind of test them out. Or like if I'm facing and it, like I will fight an enemy and die like three times in a row, and then obviously I think well maybe I should try a different weapon type, and so I'll try that. You know, maybe get out like a, a heavy to try to inflict more damage. Um, 
Or maybe I'll, like, use magic, because that's something else you can do, too. Or there's also, like, a little stun button in the corner, mm-hmm. where you basically, like, knock them off balance with a button so you can get in a combo. Do you, um, when you do combos, like, do you do the same one every time, or do you, like, experiment with different combos? I, if, I've, okay, I've only played so many hours of this, uh-huh. I probably haven't found all the minutiae of things you can do. I am kind of just like crazy making slashes on the on the screen and hoping things happen. Okay. Uh, so who knows? Okay. Maybe. <laughs> well, in the I remember in the first one, there's like a little. Um, you can go to like a website that has like like tutorialish stuff for it, mm-hmm. and there are like four or five different combos you can do. And I always do like left, right, left, and that's it. And I'll like keep swiping left after it. But there there was one in the first one where it's like. You know, I don't, I can't even remember, but it's like you have to swipe like five different ways in order to get this combo to happen. Dang. And I never, I mean, I never remembered which ways to swipe, right. but I'm sure that two has a lot of combos like that as well. But I, oh, I always do left, right, left. And with the double swords, it's so easy because you just do left, right, left. And then you I like keep swiping to the left a bunch of times and you just like keep spinning in a circle and um, it, it he gets a lot of attacks then before. I think I've, I'm sure I've done that one a couple times at least then because I, I remember doing that similar type of thing. Uh, sorry, I kind of interrupted you when you were talking about the, the new features. Oh. Um. We got through the weapons. Mm. So. Well, other than the weapons, there's, uh, there are, like, new, like, elemental stones that you can stick into the weapons. Um, like, jewels, if you will, that you get from treasure chests or from fighting enemies. Um, and those, like, I haven't used those a whole lot. I used one in one of the swords, like, toward the very beginning when they kind of, like, introduce it to you, and it's like, all right, you know, you can put this in here, and they're different shapes, so, like, a sword, say you have a sword and it has a triangle shape hole, you know, you can only put triangle shape, like, elemental jewels into it, and they do different things, like, they might give you more attack power, more defensive power, more health, or whatnot, um, but I discovered and that you can't sell the weapon after you put a jewel in it. I, I'm not positive that that's correct, but I'm pretty sure that once you put a jewel in it, you can't sell the weapon. And I think that's some sort of, like, RPG thing that I don't know about, that, like, other people know about. But since I don't play RPGs that much... I, I mean, I've, um, augmenting weapons seems like something that I've done in multiple games, but you could always but sell you can them. Always sell them. So Maybe I, I'm just, know. like, not doing it correctly or something, or I'm just a big idiot, but... Because you get stuck with these weapons where you can't take the jewels back out of them. So you... And the, the whole point of the game is to upgrade, you know, keep buying new weapons. So I never am sure what sword I want to put the elemental jewels in because I know... Maybe ten fights away, I'm going to have enough money to buy a better weapon, or I'm going to master my weapon and sell it and buy a new one. So, like, why would I want to, you know, invest yeah, elemental yeah. jewels into something that I'm just going to get rid of in the future? And and I don't know if I was just skipping through whatever tutorial was there, or if it just was pretty vague, but I would get... Uh, the first time I got the jewel, when they first introduced them, I tried to put it in my sword. It might have worked. Uh, but I couldn't find any sort of menu that said, yeah, this is the jewel, and it's in this sword, and, and here's what it does. Uh, so I don't have the jewel anymore, so I guess it's in, in a weapon. In a weapon. Yeah. Uh, it's, okay. <laughs> it's still, sh- like, in your inventory, you can scroll back to, like, swords that you used before, mm-hmm. and it should be in there, because um, I still have a sword on mine that's, like, I have, like, a green jewel in it or something, but I don't want to go back and use that sword anymore because it's, like, the level one sword. Yeah. It wouldn't let me use my my level one light sword that I would use with a shield. It wouldn't let me sell that, so 
So that's possible that that's the one that it's in. That would make some sense, but I don't know. Uh, it, that might just be me being stupid and and not understanding the UI of the game, or it might be the game's UI just being confusing. But uh, in any case, that's, uh, yeah. Um, but you also mentioned that, that 2 has a lot more voice acting uh, mm-hmm. than, than 1, and that it's in English. I didn't know that the first game didn't... Yeah, the first game is... I don't know what language they're speaking. I don't know if it is a real language, but it's some foreign language, and it has, like, English subtitles, okay. but... Uh, so just kind um, of their way of saving a little bit of money on voice acting, maybe. And, I guess. I mean, like, they still speak. It's just not in English, um, and I don't... Yeah, I don't know. Then in the second one, like, they're speaking English again, so... I guess they had a higher budget for it or something. <laughs> sure, I I can see why they'd have a higher budget. Skylanders Giants also has voice acting, whereas the first one didn't, if that makes any sort of difference. I have you. not played any. <laughs> uh, neither have I, but I just, I know that from knowing about stuff. <laughs> um, um, apparently Skylanders is, like, a big deal, and I didn't really know that. Like, I, when it came out, I was like, oh, like, people, like, are going to be into this? Like, I'm not really sure, but I guess it's a big deal. I mean, it's, it's not my thing. I, I was, I was a Pokemon kid, so that's, that's what I got into that cost a bunch of shit and was just, like, a marketing ploy. Uh, but this is, like, that new thing where, uh, where you can do that stuff. So, I don't know. <laughs> oh, hold on. Here's oh. the deal. Okay, I figured out what's going on with this jewel thing. Okay. So if you want to take the jewel back out of a sword, okay. you have to pay like thousands of gold in order to take it out, which I think is ridiculous. Sweet. But you can sell the weapon with the jewel in it, but you lose the jewel when you sell it, I imagine. Um, and I'm sure out. these weapons aren't... No, here we go. You can't sell a mastered item that has equipped gems in it. So Sweet. once you have a mastered item that has a gem in it, you can't sell it. Like, I could sell this sword for $111, or I could pay four thousand to take the jewel out of the sword and then sell it for a hundred and eleven. That seems like you'd be losing money. On yes, that deal. it does. <laughs> Especially because I mean, the jewel gives me plus fifteen health, which I guess is a good thing. But like here I am with these jewels that I'm not using because I don't want to. I don't want to, you know, put them in a sword and stop using it. But you can sell the jewels themselves for a lot. Like I have a jewel I can sell for nineteen thousand gold, which is quite a bit. Oh, nice. Um, Okay, so there. We got to okay, the bottom well, of that. Yeah, so now nice. people can't say we're stupid and we were playing the game wrong. Uh, or they can, but uh, for a completely different reason. When, my first thoughts, uh, since I hadn't played Infinity Blade 1, I'm coming into Infinity Blade 2 super fresh. I didn't know any of the story stuff. I didn't know you were playing as the hero from Infinity Blade 1, although I guess I could have figured that out. They, they kind of Metroid Prime you, um, and I'm sure other games used that before, but... Um, where they give you everything at the beginning. And then they take it all away. And then, yeah, and then it gets all taken yeah, away. That's like, also... When I first started playing mm-hmm. the game, I went, I have, n- I can get 99 blocks? Like, this... Because, <laughs> like you said, the blocks eventually uh, run out. Over time, yeah. But I started out with 99. Like, I will never run out of these. I can't see ever using block 99 times. And this fight went really quickly. Because I was still... I didn't know I was some superpowered god at this point, mm-hmm. and and then the story starts over again, and I think I start out with five blocks, maybe or ten. I can't remember quite remember, but it was it was definitely something where I, oh, I I just got Samist here, Samist um, or Alucarded from Symphony of the Night, right? Sure, 
Um, so I I don't like that in games. You want to have a quick you don't discussion like about that? Happens. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I'm not really a big fan because uh, unless I, I feel at least in this game, it wasn't really telling that that was what was going on here. Whereas in something like Metroid Prime, I, I guess. Maybe it's just that I had the expectations that I knew all the stuff in, in Metroid Prime that those are things that I need to eventually get in the story, so I'm going to mm-hmm. lose these. Um, but but just in general, I think that when you don't know how to use all this crazy stuff that you get, or the, all this crazy stuff that you have, I don't like kind of being thrown in there and say, yeah, just kind of fuck around, but don't worry because we're going to take it all away from you anyway. Because it doesn't really give you any time to experiment and they're just going to have to teach you that stuff later when you get it. Yeah, it's like for tutorial purposes only. Yeah. And, and usually it just seems like a story conceit is that we, we're only taking it away from you so then we can teach you about it. it when, yeah. And, and so we can lengthen the story and have a reason for the story. It's the, you need to get your equipment. Um, so that's just kind of a single rant. Um, is there anything else we need to say about Infinity Blade 2? I I just remembered something about Infinity Blade 2 that's also yeah. different from 1. Um, right. The reason why I dodge so much in the first one is because you have infinite dodges. In the second one, you get exhausted if you dodge a certain amount of times in oh, a row. Really? So that's why I was all about dodging in the first one, because you could dodge all the time. Like, every attack you could dodge, and there was no, um, there was no consequence for it, but your dodges run down and... Huh into so that kind of forces you out of your comfort zone like me into like parrying or blocking or whatnot um because in the first one i was just like all right i'll dodge everything and then once i get a break i will land a combo but in the second one you can't always do that but there aren't a limited amount of parries so you can still do parry unlimited right yes but parries are in my well, opinion okay, parries yeah, are harder parries, to parries do harder. okay um, i could i guess i can see that hmm I didn't know that, but I guess I it's just because I parry all the time. Anyway, yeah. it's it's kind of a smart way to get you to uh, to get you to do new things, I guess. Um, right, or at least you can't take advantage of of just blocking all the time, or or to to just dodge. That makes some sense. Um, one of my problems with it, the Infinity Blade series as a whole is that I it, it feels it, it's it's almost turn based. Almost, you'll yeah. have, I mean, it's real time. You can't, but but the enemies have their time where they're going to do their slashes, and then that's where you do all your defense stuff. If I'm going to do the parry or the dodge or the block, mm-hmm. and you just have to kind of wait wait out this storm that's happening, and then eventually, if you do enough blocks or dodges or parries, the enemy breaks, and that gives you your turn to do as however many slashes you want, and. It just, I guess my problem is it doesn't feel like a fight as much. It just feels like block, 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 or parry, parry, parry. Okay, now I can attack, and I just wildly attack. And and there's not as much, I don't know, elegance to it. Like, I'd like to be able to do, like, some kind of one perfect parry and then get in some slashes. And they get a little bit of that with some of the stab stuff that you can do, but it still feels like I'm waiting out a whole storm and then wildly attacking until it says it was blocked by that guy who then recovers and then you go through the whole motions again and again. Mm-hmm. And it just feels a little... Like, if I'm playing something turn-based, make it turn-based. Like it, it's trying to tell me, oh, we're doing this real, real-time real sword fight stuff, and 
and it just kind of gives it, it feels a little stilted almost and uh it's kind of it's kind of like when i'm playing assassin's creed where i have to wait for the enemy to do something so i can react yeah. to it instead of being able to skillfully go in and take somebody down if i think there was a way that i could go in and and do everything right and kill somebody in five seconds in Infinity Blade, I think that'd be pretty cool. But you never get that. It's every fight you do is going to be, you know, at least like a minute or so because you have to wait for him to do his thing mm-hmm. before you can do any of your stuff. Yeah. And I mean, there, there are like a few options. Like, like you, you can use magic at any time, which is helpful. And like I said earlier, the little like like, stun button, like, you can use that at any point to get a combo in, but other than that, like, it is sort of, like, back and forthing the whole time, like, you can't just, like, rush in and attack and kill them, like, you have to, you know, play the defense and then offense and go back and forth, um, because I guess, I don't know, if you could only be offensive, I don't know, like, I think it would be less fun, because I don't want to just, like, get into every battle and be like, all right, three hits, you're dead, like, let's go to the next battle, because the game is grindy enough as it is, Mm -hmm. Um, so if you could just, like, walk in and kill everything in two hits, then it would be, I mean, it wouldn't, you wouldn't even be doing anything anymore. You would just be like, all right, tapped enemy, swipe three times, tap enemy, you know, swipe three times. And when the enemies are already so patterned, um, being that they're going to be doing, if you have one enemy, you know he's going to be doing the same Mm -hmm. types of attacks each time. Yeah, and two is better about that. Like, in one, there were only a few enemy types, um... So, like, say you get into a fight with one enemy, you're like, oh, well, I kind of know, like, what attack patterns he's going to do. Like, I kind of know how to dodge. But in two, there are more kinds of enemies. So, um, like, I've, like, I still have a hard time with some of them, and I've played it for, you know, more than a few hours. And uh, I'm still, you know, I'm bad at dodging and blocking and everything because their attacks are different or, like, you think they're going to do one thing and they do something else. So uh, it's a little bit more varied than the first one. I I don't mean this as an insult, uh, but playing Infinity Blade kind of reminds me of playing the uh, the oh god, what's it called the the Find Me uh, game from from the 3DS, the one that comes on there, um, or the the Me RPG stuff that you can do because it has those kind of it, you're you're basically on a linear path, but there are times where you can branch off and, and find things, but you basically just go through the same story each time, except that one's more of a turn-based RPG, whereas this is kind of that, but kind of a, the more actiony stuff. But it does have the it does have some of the same beats at least in it, uh, and that's not to say anything bad about it because I've played through that stupid me game <laughs> too many damn times. <laughs> Did a lot of street passing, um, but just just kind of an interesting thing. Um, so Chair's newest game, they actually came out with a game about, uh, I'd say about a month ago, called VOTE, all capitals, with four exclamation marks behind it, because that tells you that you need to vote. Uh, the game. VOTE! The game. Um, and have you played this at all? I read about it a while (laughs) back, but I have not. It sounds so ridiculous, Uh, which it's meant to be. Yeah, oh, it totally is. But it's... I mean, it's a it's a fighting game between Obama and Mitt Romney, <laughs> and but it uses the Infinity Blade mechanics. I should play. It has it has dodging and blocking and slashing, except you can play as either candidate, and all the upgrade things you can get are stupidly ridiculous. Like I guess there's costume stuff that you can get, 
Uh, I saw one screenshot that Obama was holding a lightsaber, um, so you can get all sorts of ridiculous weapons and things like that to, to do these one-on-one fights. Uh, I think it was free at one point. It's 99 cents now. Um, it was made in part with, with Rock the Vote, but made by chair. Uh, but my question is, why why do you charge money for this at all? Like, this seems like if you're trying to get people to go out and vote, that charging money for for this makes no sense. Why would I pay 99 cents to then be given what is basically an advertisement for voting? Uh, if they want to get, if, if they're so desperate for people to vote, I think they need to just concede it and offer it concede, for free the whole time. Away. But uh, for 99 cents, it's uh, it's cheaper than Infinity Blade. It's also much simpler and much less to do than Infinity Blade. But if you're if you're interested in that, uh, the relevance it holds is only for a few more days, I guess. Uh, we got the ele- <laughs> we got the election coming up in in about a couple weeks or so. Uh, so it is quickly losing its relevance. Maybe it'll be free after the election. Maybe, and if I it is, so. if it is, I will. I'll get it and play it. I I will too. It's it's definitely not going to be. It, it's not going to get its own episode on Gamers on the Go. But uh, it will. Uh, I'll play it. We'll give it that. Um. So in uh, in conclusion here, uh, Infinity Blade and Infinity Blade Two, probably not my favorite games to play on iOS, and, and I'll definitely do more iOS uh, episodes in the future. Uh, Sword and Sorcery is is up on the top of the list for me, uh, but some of these other games as well, because I think they are important. It, iOS is definitely here to stay. Uh, we're not getting past it, and, and, and it actually does have some, some well-made releases on it, including the Infinity Blade series, and, and having the amazing graphics of Infinity Blade, I think, has legitimized iOS as, as a platform where people go not just to play Angry Birds, but they can play all sorts of other games, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, make another make another Shadow Complex. What the hell? I know. I really want Shadow Complex, too. I don't know if it's ever going to happen, but yeah, I would like see. for that to happen a lot. Hopefully. Maybe it'll come out on iOS. No. I, they could maybe make it work for iOS. I'm not sure, though. Oh, let's see. Anyway, Corey, where can the internet find you? The internet can find me by Googling me might be the best option. <laughs> um, and what are they going to find when they Google you? They will, they'll probably find my Twitter account um, and some... They might find some parkour pictures of me if you Google image search. Um, there might be some pictures of me in my underwear somewhere. Um, did I tell you that I found this weird website that had, like, pictures of me and had, like, <laughs> this is, like, maybe a little bit TMI, but, like, they, they like, I have a lot of parkour pictures on the internet, like, on my Facebook page and stuff, and there was this, like, website that just had, like, random pictures of people, and it had, like, almost, like, a profile for me, like, with, like, parkour pictures of me, and it had, like, my name and, like, my, Damn. like, hair color and... Like, what, like, just, like, little stats like that. And I have no idea what the website was. I just found it. Because, of course, like, who doesn't Google themselves from time to time? Sure. Of course, I did, like, a month ago. And, and I found it, and I was like, what the heck is this? And at first, I thought it was kind of gross. But then I was like, hey, you know, if somebody wants to put time into, like, making a little profile for me, I'm assuming it was for some sort of, like, 
gay thing, like like sexy men or something. <laughs> but I was like, hey, you know, if somebody wants to do that, that's fine because Corey Miley sex symbol. So I guess that. But my Twitter account is probably the best place to find me, which is at uh, symbol Corey Motley, C-O-R-E-Y-M-O-T-L-E-Y, like the crew. Um, that's the best place to find me. Cool. And my blog, my about.me page is listed on my Twitter profile, and my blog and stuff is on there. I haven't blogged in a while, but uh, I will, I promise I'm going to write something about Dishonored soon. Uh, and I've been uh, Dishonored. Um, I've been liking my second playthrough a lot more than the first so far. Um and I've been writing a little bit for a website called GameCritics.com, too. Um, I have a big package on fear in the video games coming up uh, very soon for Game Critics. Um, I'm really excited about that. Fear in general or fear the series? Fe- fear in general okay. in video games. Like, being scared. Sure. Um, I talk about Resident Evil and Silent Hill and Dead Space and what I like and what I don't like. Because I'm really particular about fear in video games. Um uh, so that's coming up soon. I'm not exactly sure when, but I hope in like a week. Oh, uh, cool. So that's exciting. But we'll keep an eye out for that. And yes. and you're going to see a lot more console stuff from Corey. Uh, he doesn't write so much about the handheld games. I know, but that's okay. I'm all about console we can gaming. we can like console gaming. I I too have been playing a lot of Dishonored uh, and enjoying many parts of it, and and finding some other parts a little disappointing. But that's because I played Mark and the Ninja before that. And uh, I think it does stealth a little bit better. It's also 2D, though, so it kind of can get away with some other things. And uh, I just got XCOM, and I can't wait to play that. And oh, I haven't yet, XCOM. and it keeps staring at me and saying, play me. And oh. I really want to do that. Are you going to have time to play it soon? <sighs> That's true. It's Mizzou Homecoming this next weekend, and I don't know. There's all sorts of stuff. Mm-hmm. No, I, I don't have time. But I'll, I'll make time, damn it, for, <laughs> for XCOM. Uh, anyway... Uh, you also didn't mention, uh, we had no mention of Mirror's Edge. We had no mention of... Was I supposed uh, to talk about Mirror's Edge? I, I expect Corey Motley to come on my podcast like, and talk I about could... Mirror's Edge and talk about Deus Ex Human Revolution. Those are not... Well, Mirror's Edge for iOS is a thing, so I guess <laughs> I could have talked about we, that. We can bring you on again for that. That can be a separate show. I have that um, and I've actually played it. So it's good. There's, it is um, good. I want to say something very quickly about another game. Um, I downloaded this game that was on sale called uh, Gangstar Rio on my iPad. Uh, it's like a... It's basically like Saints Row for iOS. It's interesting. And it's really i was surprised at how good it was i've only played it for maybe like three hours um but it's like open world like you fight and you shoot and you drive cars and it i was really impressed by it the story is really silly but um i don't know i was really impressed so i don't know if i'm like plugging this game or whatever but it's you didn't make it did you i did not do you know who made it um i think gameloft made it okay um, because they make like, rip-offs of every game. Right. Um, so it's pretty much like the Saints Row or Grand Theft Auto rip-off, but I have been in, I haven't played it in a few weeks, but I was really impressed with it whenever I originally started it. Interesting. And I'm guessing it costs some money. Yeah, I bought it on sale for, like, 99 cents. I am such a cheap iOS I, gamer. No, I um, understand completely. I think I, I waited for Infinity Blade 2 to go down to 99 cents or $1.99 one time before I bought it. Mm-hmm. It's probably, like, 5 or 6 bucks though. Normal price. Um, and iPad only, or also on? I'm not sure. I think it's on iPhone as well. Okay. Um, 
I do most of my gaming on my iPad or my like portable gaming on it. Um, you know, well, I here's a good question. Uh, while we kind of have some extra time before we quite end this podcast, if you there's somebody out here who listened to this podcast and went, okay, you know what? You, you sold me on infinity blade. I, I haven't bought one before. Which one should they buy? Should they, should they skip one and go right to two or is one a better game? Is My, it worth it to get both? I think that, uh, here's my thing about the two Infinity Blade games. I played a lot of the first one, like hours and hours, like every night before bed. I played a lot of it. I have like half the equipment in the game. Um, I love the first one. When I started playing the second one, I almost felt like I was worn out by the first one. So I wasn't as in, like I haven't played the second one nearly as much as I played the first one. Um, and the second one is a better game. Like, it has more stuff, it has more weapons, it has more, like, strategy that you can do in fights and stuff like that. But I almost think, and this is going to sound really, like, whiny and stupid, but I almost think, for me, like, it's too much stuff. Like, I like the first one because you just have your one weapon, your one sword, your one shield, and, you you know, you only have a few kinds of attacks, where in the second one you have to choose from all these different things, and you mix in the elemental jewels, and, like, we were talking about it earlier, and we couldn't even, like, between the two of us who have played it, we didn't even know, like, what to do with the elemental jewels or how to sell the weapons with them. Like, I had to open the game in the middle of us talking about it to refigure it out how to do that, and, like, I'm not going to say that that's bad game design, that, like, we didn't know what to do with it, but, like, if two people who have played the game for a while, like, still don't really know what to do with something in the game, I... I, I mean, I can't, like I said, I can't say that it's bad game design, but I feel like that, you know, there's something there that is missing or something. Like, I feel like we should have known, you know, like, yeah. I, what to I do. Wouldn't, I wouldn't say you're being whiny at all. In fact, not having played Infinity Blade 1, but just jumping right into 2, uh, I felt a little overwhelmed. Uh, I didn't know what all these things were for. Um, I think if I had played Infinity Blade 1, I might have a slightly rosier opinion of mm-hmm. this series. That's, um, I could agree with that. Because, yeah, I, it, there's just a little too much. And I think if if I could just have the sword and shield and was upgrading one sword and one shield mm-hmm. and not worrying about all this other crazy stuff that's in there, maybe I'd be having a little bit more fun. But you, but you can still do that, though, also, because you don't have to buy the other weapons in the game. Yeah. But it wants you to. Yeah, and just that those are options that mm-hmm. are laid out makes you feel like they have merit. They do have merit, but they, they make you feel like you should play the game in all yeah. these different yeah, ways. Yeah, it would, it would be almost like playing, like if you played a first-person shooter and used, like, the same pistol the mm-hmm. whole game. Like, that's kind of the same thing. Like, you wouldn't do that. I mean, I don't think you would do that. So in Infinity Blade, like, you want to try out all the other weapons, too, but... It can be overwhelming, I think. But the good news is that if you're thinking about buying either of them, usually if one of them goes on sale, the other one goes on sale, too. I think they generally go on sale at the same time. So you can probably, I mean, whenever, seems like they have a sale around any holiday. I'm sure Thanksgiving they'll have a sale. Um, you can probably pick up both of them for less than the price of one, I'm sure, during, like, Black Friday or Cyber Monday or that whole weekend, I that bet. sadly was not the case when I bought Infinity Blade 2, because I think I probably would have gotten the first one if if they were both on sale. Maybe get both of them or maybe just get the first one. Yeah, but, I hope uh, I didn't just it, lie. Uh, no, I mean, if it does go on sale again, I would like to try the first one, and I might go in and play that one, and if I really actually do have a good time with it, maybe come back to two later. But I think at the point I am in the game of two, which isn't super far in, 
Um, I, I think I'm probably good at this point. Uh, but I could I could see myself starting from the first game and, and playing around and, and seeing what works. But, uh, Corey, I'd like to, like to thank you for coming on. Uh, I'm sure we can find some other handheld games that you've enjoyed in your life. Uh, we mentioned mm-hmm. Mirror's Edge. Uh, does that have a subtitle to it, or is it just Mirror's it's Edge? It's just Mirror's Edge. Okay. I know. I played handheld games way more when I was younger. I mean, obviously, like, Pokemon and stuff, and um, I play, like, I have a first-generation PSP, and I played the shit out of the Siphon Filter games, the oh, first yeah. one on PSP. Definitely. It was really excellent, um, but yeah, that's sort of in the past. Now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But thank you for having me. Of oh, course. definitely. It's a pleasure. Yeah. Uh, and our next episode, we're still kind of nailing down details. I don't exactly know when it's going to be. It's definitely going to be sooner than this one was from episode seven. <laughs> Sorry about the long wait. Um, just that's, that's kind of how scheduling stuff worked and and school stuff. But uh, but yeah, episode nine. Is already uh, is already kind of decided. It's going to be Metroid Zero Mission uh, for the Game Boy Advance. So if you want to play through that oh, game and and I've played Metroid Zero yeah? Mission. Oh really? Should have yes. told me. I could have invited you for that one. But it's sadly, been a, it's been a while. The so. guest is the guest is locked down for that one. Uh, but you guys will have to wait a little bit. But play Metroid Zero Mission. Um, you'll be playing it while I do. Uh, I've played a little bit before, but uh, I'm getting through the whole story now. So I can talk about that game with some sort of um, clarity and expertise uh, for the next episode. Anyway. That's the only Metroid game I've played all of. Really? Isn't that sad? That, yeah. Uh, I, don't know if, I, I don't know if it's sad, but it's uh, interesting. I always fell on the Castlevania side of the Metroid and Castlevania debate, so I've played a lot of Castlevanias. Um, but the only Metroid I've played all of is Zero Mission. Hmm. Which is, because Super Metroid is, like, supposed to be one of the best games, like, ever, oh, and I've never played it. Yeah, neither have I. I. I have fallen on the avoid both of those franchises, <laughs> like, the plague side of the fence. Um, oh, but they're so good. Uh, apparently they are. <laughs> uh, and I, and wouldn't you know it, haven't played Shadow need, Complex either, uh, a Metroidvania game. I have game. all, I have three Game Boy Advance Castlevania games, and I will let you borrow them. All right, that sounds yeah. sounds fair enough. And I've got a I've actually bought a couple that I haven't played, and and uh, one of the, uh, the our guests for for episode I want to say five or six, whichever the Mega Man Five episode was, Brian Edelman, uh, he bought me Castlevania Lords of Shadow for the Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty, and it came with a code for Symphony of the Night. Um, oh, it does. Well, it, at least it did for like the first run when you bought new games or yeah. whatever. Um, so I have that too. Haven't played that either, uh, but oh, I know Sim- Symphony Night and, Symphony and Super Night. Metroid are supposed to be like the two games that you should play yeah, in those Symphony series. Is excellent. I own it on three different platforms. That is how awesome I am. Well, we'll make that stuff happen. Anyway, so play your play your Metroid Zero missions. Uh, play Infinity Blade or Infinity Blade Two if they go on sale, uh, or or if you're really intrigued, just buy them right now. Um, but sure, you could eat McDonald's tonight, or you could have <laughs> Infinity Blade. So think about it that way. It's good. It's a good point. Good point. Just uh, don't don't get that cup of coffee, that overpriced cup of <laughs> yeah. coffee. Just buy Infinity Blade instead. Mm-hmm. Anyway, again, thanks for coming on, Corey, and uh, I'll see all of you guys in the next episode. <laughs>